is Millennially Speaking, a podcast about politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Cheryl Boyer. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Yay. So, uh, what I want to start out talking about, kind of one of the bigger news stories this week, is Joe Biden. Ooh, my man. So, so Joe Biden is not currently uh, running for president, but it's pretty much speculated and almost certain that he will. He needs to. Biden 2020. Right. And and there's a lot of debate back and forth about that. He's actually leading in a lot of the polls, even though, again, he's not actually currently running. But this week it came out first, uh, I think it was midweek. Yeah. Uh, last week there was something about a woman accusing him of inappropriate contact. Not And, and the, the thing to note is that it wasn't she, – she noted in her admission or, or, or coming out of this thing that it was not a sexual thing. It was not done in a sexual way. But this is the, so irritating. But the idea was that he would, like, touch her shoulders. I think he, like, she said, like, he kissed her head. Um, mm. Just some really kind of weird... Something a dad would do. Well, just weird, <laughs> inappropriate things. And that was bad enough, and people were already... He, he released a statement on it, so, so he already kind of dealt with that. But then, turns out, today, uh, or the day that we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, another woman has come forward and saying that he did some kind of, like, nose-to-nose thing, and she thought that he actually was, like, trying to, like, bring her in for a kiss. Not that she... She's not saying that he did that, but that he, like, did, like, nose-to-nose, which, again, really kind of just weird. Mm. So I guess my question to you would be, what do you think about this in terms of... Especially in this Me Too era? Okay. Um, As someone myself that works in politics, you are dealing with a mixture of people. So you're dealing with old traditional politicians and then you're dealing with new and upcoming politicians. The new upcoming politicians are less touchy. Um, they're very will attempt to treat you like a, you know, a, like they would a man. You know, they will shake your hand. They will, um, they don't bring up anything. They don't compliment your outfits or anything like that. And that's just not, that's just me being observe. I just observe it. But with, um, older politicians and older men especially you they deal with people differently and I don't want to say that like she said it's not she knew it wasn't sexual harassment or anything like that but they're a lot more touchier because back in the day that's how you found common ground with Mm -hmm. constituents when you would meet a woman you would as a male politician you would grab her hand or give her a hug, pat her shoulder and kiss her on the cheek. And now with the Me Too movement, nobody wants to be touched. Nobody wants that. Basically, that's like a confirmation. And no one wants that anymore because it's an invasion of privacy. And at the same time, I get it. Uh, me personally, I don't like to be touched. But um, some of the politicians that I meet, you know, especially when they like grab me or pull me to the side, they'll lightly like grab my arm. And they're like, oh, hey, and like will talk to me with their hand on their on my shoulder and I come from a family that's very touchy so that doesn't affect me I think I can hold myself and I carry myself enough as a, a young woman to distinguish the two between sexual harassment and just someone that's just trying to find common ground with me so that's kind of irritating but at the same time but I get it now everyone can be open about wanting to be touched and not wanting to be touched right but I think that also brings up a point of why is it that because it is, it's a, it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Why is it culturally we treat greeting or talking to a woman differently than talking to a man? So, like, in this instance, 
Um, it wasn't that she, the at least the first accuser, it wasn't that she was just some random woman or a constituent that he was talking to. Uh, she's actually a, or or now she's former, but she was a Nevada legislator. Okay. So, like, she was a politician. She was a professional woman. So it wasn't like he was just talking to some, you know, regular person. She was a professional. And right. it was in a professional manner. So why, you know, why would you, especially her, I think her claims were a little more egregious than the, the second one. But, like, why would you feel the need to, to touch her and, and kiss her head? Like, you wouldn't do that to a man. Right. Which, I mean, that just goes back, like what you mentioned Biden is he's an older dem or an older politician. He's an older Democrat. And that's just one thing that I think um, the problem with older politicians is trying to ease into you need to watch your hands. You need to watch what you say. And I don't think they know that Biden really has the gist of that yet because he's such an open person. I mean, we hear his mouth. He doesn't mind saying much. But I mean, it is something that if he ever did have a sexual harassment case come into the light. Uh, this could definitely be held against him, mm-hmm. which is the sad thing. Well, and that's, again, that's the other thing is this is kind of one of those things that, again, I'm not trying to compare him to Harvey Weinstein, but <laughs> the Harvey Weinstein thing was kind of an open secret in Hollywood where mm-hmm. he was kind of touchy with women. In this case, it's kind of one of those, oh, Joe Biden, oh, Uncle Creepy Uncle Joe. Like, <laughs> why creepy. That's, that is a creepy thing that he was, why do we excuse behavior like that because of oh they're a certain age or oh that's just who he is that's joe being joe and and put it another way how about other older men or women or whoever it is older white men and women that are just sort of like openly say racist things Mm -hmm. and we don't say something about it because it's like oh well they're from a different time like Mm, i do they're from a different (laughs) time they may have been born in a different time but they're here and now like it's perfectly okay to call somebody out for doing something that's wrong now it was wrong then but we're all sort of aware that it's wrong now like it's this open thing of well it's from a different time no that i don't think that's an acceptable uh argument anymore or an acceptable excuse for certain behavior i get what you mean and i might be a little biased because i am a giant biden fan and um it's really awkward because i don't know him personally and i Mm -hmm. don't know too much about his personal life but i just feel i have this moral intuition Mm -hmm. that it's not that I don't think he would ever cross that line. But then again, you, I mean, I get surprised about some of the people I hear in the news that do have those type of um, sexual cases or sexual harassment background or stories. So, I mean, it's frustrating, but I think that he should learn from this and not be touchy. And I feel like this is really going to um, kind of like deter him from running for president, which kind of sucks. Well, but... do you do you think it would be disqualifying? No. Because she specified that it wasn't sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, why are you bringing it up? It's, well, it's the same thing that everyone yelled about with uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Mm -hmm. that you brought up these allegations. Not that whether they were true or not, that's not the question. It's you brought them up now for a specific reason. And clearly that's the same thing happening now. It's, yes, there, I believe both happened. It's, uh... It was done now because there's a specific reason. Joe Biden is run or is about to run for president. Okay. So it's kind of like, was it done for a political reason? Was it out of the quote unquote goodness of her heart? And like the, I feel like I need to tell the American people kind of like Christine Blasey Ford said, she's like, right. I thought it was my, like my duty to tell my story. Um, I just don't really know. And I don't know if we can know. Right. Cause it's just one of those things. And it's like, it's not a secret because the way Biden is, 
it's all done on camera. I mean, we've mm-hmm. all seen him kiss people on camera. We all seen exactly. Him it's all captured. It's all been captured. Exactly. It's... So I just think that he's just a very open politician, mm-hmm. and he's very traditional, and he just might have a hard time in a slipping into 2019 politics. So April Fools was this week, and. Every time April Fools comes around, we always see some pretty decent pranks and we also see some pretty awful ones. Ugh. We see the outrage on the internet as <laughs> as it always happens. Um I think me personally, I think I'm kind of over April Fool's Day because I feel like when I see things on the internet, I'm like, fake news has kind of ruined it. It really has. So I'm, like I-, I can't trust anything. Yeah, it's just everything you have to be super sensitive now because everything's just offensive. So here's some of the the things that they did or or that uh, were happening for April Fool's Day. Did you see James Comey tried to see he was like running for president? Oh my gosh! Did you no, see that? Did he? Yeah, he posted a thing. Um, it was like him. It was a tweet. He was standing in the road. He says, "I'm in. We need someone in the middle." Hashtag 2020, and it's literally just him standing in the I'm middle of a road, crying. He's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And then, wait, he posted about it later. He said, but could you imagine a president who used this website to make dad jokes rather than to hurl insults? Happy April Fool's. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Tom Brady started tweeting. He said he was retiring. Yeah. I I mean, mean, he's a joke, so it'd be nice (laughs) if he would retire. But uh, since when did April Fool's like, has it always been that we just relied on celebrities to do these crazy, outrageous things? I don't know. But I know I know for the last 10 years, I always saw websites doing dumb stuff. Yeah. So I was I would always like expect uh, Google to do something weird. I don't know if celebrities always had to get in on it. I don't think they should. I just think it's just such a um, April Fool's is just such a childish thing. I Yeah. It, there's just no point. Let's see. Uh, Google Maps this year. Um, they usually have something they do every year. Mm-hmm. Um. This year, they had a game of Snake. Remember Snake? Oh, no. You remember, oh, no, you remember okay. Snake on, like, the, the Blackberries or, like, I the actually old smartphones? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had a game of Snake on Google Maps. Um, that is so cool. So I think that, that's... See, a lot of these are pretty harmless. A lot of them are okay. Mm, but there were some that were kind of, like, harm... I don't want to say harmful, but, like, you took it too far. What do you, Well, what do you have? Oh, I'm talking about Justin Bieber's. <laughs> I'm taking it there. Because he, he took it there. Okay, so first of all, he is kind of irrelevant right now. Um, and he's then, like that homeless rich guy. It's very, very odd. Yeah, well, he's he's not in the spotlight right now. And then to get himself in the spotlight, he has to comment on a current thing that's happening, which would be April Fool's Day. And he does the one thing. the One of the, the major things that people always tell you not to do on April Fool's Day, which is to fake a pregnancy. It's so weird, <sighs> especially to nowadays... Um, the pregnancy rates have gone down in people that are actually in families that are trying. I'm not referring to teen pregnancy. That's its own category. But, um, so families that are trying. So now we're seeing a lot of people do where they're donate or (laughs) donating kids, adopting kids or having, um, what are those injections called? They're getting like in in vitro. yeah, Yeah. Stuff like that. So, I mean, people are taking steps towards science now to have kids because they can't do it. Right. And, and not that, you know, jokes, I. I feel like you should be able to joke about anything and say anything, but it's kind of one of those, like, you don't need to because it's not, it's just not that funny that I feel like I need to cross that line. So just don't joke about pregnancy, especially especially because you know the internet is going to be mad at you. It's like he had no idea. Totally not even involved with the internet. Exactly. But my thing is, it's just, it's weird because it's not like, like, everyone was just going to be like, congratulations. Like, there was no... 
there's no like weird thing from it other than that it's just like okay and then now you just look a liar Ooh, this one would have made you mad if you Why? actually follow him george takei he said breaking Mueller report obtained by buzzfeed and will be released this morning that's not funny i feel said, attacked he tweeted later he said sorry i couldn't resist hashtag april fool's day you thought that was funny <laughs> you thought you thought that was funny because i would spend a good two hours of my time all over google all i would log into the black net that's oh, how far oh, it would go. Oh, I know. You'd get on the dark web. Oh, yeah. And, I'd and be, be all for over everything. it. Oh, Except yeah. the black net. The dark web. I'd be on that. I'd be on Amazon. I'd be like, here, you said you wanted the um my left arm for this report. I have it right here. Let's see. Do you have any others? Um, Romeo Santos did a prank. He's a, uh, a Spanish singer. Love him, actually. And he did a prank that he was actually going to collaborate with this artist. And he uploaded the... Um, the CD cover was like him naked, but like covering himself with like his legs and whatever. And then he uploaded, like everyone was kind of excited, but at the same time it was weird because that's not really his style. And like the group that he was um, going to do the collaboration with is like a very like thugged out group. So it was like really weird. And then he was like, just kidding guys, April Fools. And then Spanish Instagram went crazy and was like, you are the worst person alive. So now he has a lot of hate going on, but who doesn't? The yeah, day see, after April Fool's. See, that, and that's my thing. And this this goes beyond April Fool's Day. This goes just to any controversy that's or anything that's really going on. Um, no one will be mad at you for not commenting on something yeah. or not participating in April Fool's Day. So <laughs> you're not going to get a Twitter mob that's freaking out at you about why just you Justin Bieber. Why didn't you do something for April Fool's Day? Like, okay, why did you have to do a fake pregnancy? Like, it's it's. <sighs> In conclusion, it's okay to sit April Fool's Day out. Mm-hmm. It's really okay. So speaking about 2020 and the election, um, we talked earlier about one of the candidates, Joe Biden, but uh, there's another thing that's going on behind the scenes regarding the election, and that has to do with the Electoral College. Oh, gosh. So we all know that Trump won the Electoral College in 2016, but lost the popular vote um, by a very wide margin, nearly three million votes. Same thing happened in 2000 when uh, Bush lost by about 500,000. And it's happened a few times before that in the 1800s, but um, so far back that it's it's not even part of the current uh, system. The What they're trying to do now is get several states to sign on to this pact Mm -hmm. that would say uh, we will reward our electoral votes or our electors will vote for whoever is the majority winner of the popular vote, regardless of the outcome of the state. So say for, for pretend Trump were to win Colorado (laughs) as just a random state. If Trump were to win Colorado in its electoral vote, like he got more votes in Colorado, okay. but say Pete Buttigieg, who <laughs> is going to be the nominee for president, I'm just throwing out a random name. If he got more votes total uh, in the state or or in the country, if Colorado was signed on to this pact, Colorado would award its state and its electors to Mayor Pete. And not to Trump. Right. So there's a lot of talk about this. Um, Several states have signed on to it. So far, they're all Democrat-leaning states or states that are are pretty solid 
Democrat states right now. Right. Um, so what is your feeling on something like this? I feel like this is something that um, people that were into politics before Trump's campaign started were advocating for the abolishment of the Electoral College and no one knew what the Electoral College was. And let's be honest, a lot of millennial millennials and um, people that just got started into politics are like, well, what's that? Because people are like, okay, well, like I'm confused because Hillary won the popular vote, but it's saying that Trump is president. Yeah, and to, then, be, to be honest, I feel like it took something like this election, something abnormal for people to really start paying attention to how weird our electoral system is. Right. Um, now... The reason the Electoral College exists, and I get this, is say you have somewhere like it exists. Mm -hmm. Say you have something like Los Angeles, Philadelphia, New York City. They are very highly concentrated areas with lots of people. Right. And they mostly lean one direction because they're in those very tightly dense populated areas. The idea is you don't want to have all these states out in everywhere else that, I mean... In this instance, this is what it would be. You'd have all the urban and the cities voting Democrat and then places where there's not a lot of people voting Republican and then the Democrat always winning. Right. Because they have a much higher population. So it basically it makes it so that way they can fix that. I don't I don't know. I got you. So um, but a lot of people don't understand what the Electoral College is, besides mm-hmm. the fact that, obviously, they pick the president. Right. So just like a breakdown of that is that it's a mixture between your two federal senators and then um, with your House of or Representatives for your state. So for the 2016 election, there was a total of 538 people or what's it? 538 in the Electoral College. And then they need 200 for majority to elect, it's, yeah, it's two, it's 270 because that's a majority of, of exactly. the, the 538. Um, so, and, and people debate that and and why that number exists, but it's just how they broke down based on well, right, the size of the states. Yeah, the exactly. When it comes to um, the census, but at the same time, it's like I understand people's frustration because it's so many of us, and for the people that can't vote, and unfortunately, people that can vote and don't go out and vote. Mm-hmm. So. I understand the arguments on both sides of the Electoral College. Mm. I Okay, so let me break it down based on just 2016 as an example. So, in the case for the Electoral College, okay, if you take California out of the equation in 2016, completely just remove it, Trump won the popular vote by 1.5 million votes because... All of the extra votes that Hillary got mm-hmm. solely came from California. Now, that's not to say that California didn't have Republican and Democrat votes. It's just that that big majority that she won by, if you discount California, which has a, at this point, a very generally liberal right. leaning, if you remove that, Trump won the popular vote. So that's, again, you don't, basically, the idea is you don't want California dictating the rest of the country. But here you go. Here's another in um, opposition to the Electoral College. Okay, give me the uh, counter argument. I'm going to give you an example of our current state. Okay. Um, if you were a Trump voter mm-hmm. at any point as a Trump voter in 2016 for the primaries. Okay. By the time we got to the state, pro- now this is a different issue of 
how we do our state elections and when we do them and Iowa being somehow in charge of us and, and <laughs> ruling everything. But by the time you got to New Jersey primaries, mm-hmm. Trump was already basically mathematically it. He was going to be the nominee. Right. So your vote didn't really matter. Right. Then when it came to the um, general election, mm-hmm. okay, um, New Jersey is a very liberal state. Right. So if you were going to vote for Trump, your vote really didn't matter because your state was going to go for Hillary and all of our electoral votes, all 13 of them, were going to go to Hillary. And at the same time, Trump lost the popular vote. So if in 2016 you're a Republican living in New Jersey voting for Donald Trump at any point, your vote never counted. It never mattered. Well, yeah, I think our state only has like one Republican representative. Right, but it's it's not about what, <laughs> I, no, it's not about what my that. state does. It's if you're a Republican living in this state, your voice was never really heard, ever. Not even at a national level, because your your uh, vote didn't matter for the popular, because the popular vote doesn't actually matter. Right. And in your state, your candidate lost. So so basically, it it disenfranchises people, and it makes it so that way. Well, why do I feel like I even need to vote? I, it's it's a disincentivizing people from voting because you know your candidate is not going to win in a particular state. And it makes it so that way swing states are the only thing that matters, right. which is bad for democracy. You're right. And there's nothing about your arg- <laughs> there's really nothing about your argument that's that's wrong. Honestly, like when you think down to it, that's just how I, I like I can't I you can't say like oh like maybe there should be more rules to the electoral college because it is what it is. Mm. And it's it's you know, your representatives are going out and they're obviously, like, saying their part and it's on a smaller scale. So, oh, this is so frustrating. Like, the millennial side of me is just like, oh, get rid of it. Like, completely abolish the Electoral College. But at the same time, it's like, but then... Well, would that be your solution is just to abolish it? I hear a lot of people say that they want it gone. They say, like, there's no point of it, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, a lot of people also don't understand that when you get into politics, things are not always black and white, and especially when they need to be black and white. Like there's right the in between is impossible to get to. And I think now again, there's unintended consequences unintended consequences of making change mm-hmm. because there are things that if you decided to do it, you don't know exactly what that's going to do down the road. Right. So and and it's not the Democrats can't win in the current system. It's just that in the last two decades. Both times that the Electoral College has beaten out the actual popular vote. People feel like they're being misrepresented. Well, both be, both times it, it benefited a Republican. So that's definitely mm-hmm. an argument that Democrats are making. My solution, and again, is I am not in politics and I wouldn't be able to, to decide this, would be to, like Maine does, is to... Uh, divide up the electoral votes evenly based on the percentage that you win in your state. Um, Now, that would basically make it almost like popular vote. I was about to say, yeah. Right, but but it would then kill the talking point of uh, voter fraud because then instead of counting Uh every single vote, you're now worrying about, okay, so my state, in my state, the single votes met up with 60-40. Okay. Say you got 60-40. Okay. Okay, and there are... 10 electoral votes in your state instead of, you know, the person that got 60% of the vote, instead of them getting 10 electoral votes, they get six. And the person that lost the, the people in that state, still their vote was counted and their vote still matters. And they get four electoral votes. So at least there's something there. And it, I think it, it means every individual vote counts, Mm -hmm. but then it also matters that your state, here's how my state feels. 
that those Republicans or those Democrats in that state that didn't win the state, their voices were still heard. Mm. Okay. It's just, I'm very iffy about the electoral um, college topic because it's also mentioned in our constitution and you really can't amend anything that's in the constitution. You can do whatever you want. You can amend the constitution. The problem is, is that I feel like there's such a high bar for that and there really shouldn't be. Yeah. Nothing will pass an amendment for the constitution because now everything is so polarized and so political that everyone will see it as, oh, you're trying to change the entire fundamentals of the country. Like, no, that the document was supposed to be malleable as the country developed. Exactly. And I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. And Back to just population-wise, like, the country is growing constantly. So it's what was meant, what was said in the Constitution about the Electoral College back then in, what, the 1700s, 1800s is completely different than what's going on in 2019. So it's just one of those weird things where I'm just like, yeah, we should get rid of it. But at the same time, it's like, but we kind of need it. I, I see where our fathers were coming from when they, you know, implemented it in the Constitution. And that's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer. And I'm Sherelle Boyer. Be sure to check out our new online video series on YouTube, Millennially Speaking 2. That's T-O-O, not T-W-O. New episodes drop Tuesdays. We'll be back next week.